0: Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I am joined by Paul and Emily of The Parent Guide to GCSE. This is another one of those chats where my self-proclaimed co-host Megan, who is also my girlfriend who I live with, uh, she joined in for this chat as well because if anyone's unaware my girlfriend is also a teacher. So it was quite good to have her perspective in this as well as speaking with Paul and Emily who used to be teachers and have now stop being teachers to pursue the career of the parent guide to GCSE. Just a few quick bullet points regarding the chat. So, We obviously speak about what the Parent Guide to GCSE actually is. It's a website, it's a program, there's a podcast as well and there's recently a book about it as well. So links to all those things can be found in the description and we speak about them in the chat too. Uh, Other things we talk about is why Paul and Emily left teaching, some of the difficulties of becoming a teacher including some of the annoying students and things, the many roles of a teacher, difficulties with exam boards, revision planning, the future of education, dealing with education in lockdown and things like that because this was recorded recorded a little while ago I think it was about two months ago this was recorded Um, but I wanted to release it closer to the time of when the kids go back to school in September so that's the kind of reason for releasing it but those are the sort of things you can expect from this chat so you know if you're interested in those things then make sure you listen on Before the chat gets started, there will be a quick promo for the Your Brain on Facts podcast. Moxie is amazing, and I've had her on the show a couple weeks ago, so check that out, and also I've included a link to her website in the description, as per usual anyway that's about it from me guys make sure you follow on the usual social media places leave reviews and all that usual things and if this is your first time listening just to clarify after this will be the promo and the intro music then the main chat and then right at the end i'll come back with information of what you can expect over the coming weeks uh future episodes and other things that i've been up to as well including what i've been doing with my other podcast star wars comics in canon and for clarity uh not next week but i think the week after there'll be a slightly different thing for releasing but i'll get more into that in the Uh, well in the post show notes I guess I don't know the outro whatever I call it anyway guys thank you so much for listening I really appreciate it after you listen to this chat make sure you go and find parent guide to GCSE on all the usual social media places which are in the description as well and give Paul and Emily lots of love so really appreciate you guys listening and I'll talk to you at the end
1: need to satisfy a hungry mind every week your brain on facts brings you science why does mint feel cold history King Charles II of Spain was so inbred, his family didn't bother educating him. Music. Many hit songs and even entire albums were written for revenge. Technology. The first video game was made on an oscilloscope in 1958. And every other topic under the sun. Look for Your Brain on Facts on your favorite podcast app or at yourbrainonfacts.com.
0: Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And I'm here today with Paul and Emily, as well as my co-host Megan. Uh, Welcome to the show, guys. It's great to have you on. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourselves?
1: Uh, Hi, thank you for having us. So, um, I'm Emily. And I'm I'm pointing, which doesn't really help on a podcast, but this is (laughs) Paul. And uh, we are, we're married. We're also now business partners, which has worked out surprisingly well, considering uh, everybody told us that that was a really bad idea. And, um, And we run the parent guide to GCSE. So we support busy, frustrated parents who want to help their kids through their GCSEs, but don't know where to start.
0: That's, that's amazing and obviously I brought Megan on not just because she's my self-proclaimed co-host and loves coming on the show but also because she is a teacher so probably has a lot more uh, information and uh, well she helped me with a lot of the questions actually so it's I'm, I'm more the co-host this time actually you're the proper host Megan uh, I'm just the one who talks at the start it's a lot of pressure <laughs> so um i thought we'd just kind of uh almost go to the start of things obviously you didn't this website is quite and your sort of podcast they're both quite new enterprises that you're in, venturing into so if we kind of wrap back a little bit and see you guys are both uh teachers to my knowledge do you want to um explain what you were in teaching for what you were doing as well as sort of why you left and uh, t- take as long as you need there's no <laughs> no short answers needed
2: um, should I start? Off? go for it uh well, essentially, we we both trained at the same time, even though there's a, a bit of an age gap. It's fair to say, um, but we ended up um, starting at a school on the same day um, back in two thousand and four, uh, and we were married to different people at the time, um, and we just knew each other through the fact that we were both trainees and doing the whole trainee teacher thing, uh, all the stresses and strains uh, that that brought with it. And over time, and a, possibly a couple of divorces later. Um, Things kind of developed to the point where we were both uh, colleagues and uh, partners, and eventually married and uh, child as well. So that's kind of the the backstory.
1: Yeah, in a, in a very small nutshell. Yeah. Um. So just <laughs> just to clarify, the the divorces were were before the the getting together and and having married. And um, just just in case you know anyone like my mum is listening, <laughs> <as> she knows. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, so yeah, so I was a maths teacher for 15 years. So I uh, I did about eight years at the school that we both started at. Uh, Paul stayed there for, for his huh? entire teaching career. Um, and uh, I, I left a bit sooner and did various bits all over the, the city in different contexts in different schools. Uh, I was a head of maths for a while, was a lead practitioner for a while, um, so I've kind of I've done a little bit of all sorts, but I'd reached the point where I had a couple of bad bosses in a row, and a bit of a mental health wobble. And I decided that my sanity was more important than my salary. And I quit teaching and found a couple of uh, couple of other routes to sort of vaguely attempt to make up some of my income, um, which did not work out especially well. But, you know, <laughs> uh, we learn and uh, and then <laughs> Yeah, the parent guide to GCSE is just over a year old now. It's uh, was a, a bit of an epiphany last April, where uh, I'm. So our daughter is in Year Six, and there's a Facebook group for parents, and one of the parents had posted on on the group like, "Can anyone help? She's doing this bar modelling maths homework, and I don't know what it is. I don't understand it because it's a new thing. We've not, bar modelling is is new to the UK. It's one of the many things we've stolen from Shanghai and their teaching methods." And if you don't know what it is, it's a bit like, whoa. (laughs) And my light bulb just went off. Like I can, hang on, parents, we want to help. Our kids have have just, our our eldest two uh, have just done their GCSEs. uh, Well, this year have just done their A-levels, had recently done their GCSEs. And we've been quite aware as we went through it that it's really different as a parent than it is as a teacher. I, we've done 15, 16 years of helping kids get through exams in our own subjects, but when it's your own child, it's really different. And so that all kind of came together in this light bulb moment. And uh, that's uh, mm. the rest, as they say, is history.
2: <laughs> and uh, from my point of view, I, uh, I, I started, well, you've had the first bit of the story, but essentially I, I was a deputy head of department quite early on, then became head of department. I just stayed in that job. Uh, it went from being a you know a, the old style college type thing to a new academy. A, Academies trust took over, so the job kind of kept changing and kept getting bigger, and more departments were added to uh, yeah. what I was in charge of.
1: I'm jumping in for a second. He was originally head of ICT computing, and they kept adding departments as other people left. They go, oh, it's, it's fine. Paul can be in charge of that as well. He's only got a small department, and he ended That's up in charge of school as well. <laughs> yeah, he ended up in charge of uh, ICT, business studies health and social care, child care and development, and hair and beauty, which if you could see, <laughs> you would find equally amusing.
2: And I don't understand why that's so funny and why people are laughing, but yeah, I was amazing. And they had wigs and everything that I could borrow. It was, it was brilliant.
1: And and they did <laughs> yeah, yeah. make him. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted.
2: So yeah, from from my point of view, it was the job was getting harder and harder and teaching is getting harder and harder, I think, as... A general rule and I think if there's any teachers listening to this they'll should be nodding uh, uh, sagely and I kind of I was quite happy to play the uh, be the sensible adult earning the you know the, the salary making sure that because Emily had had a, a fairly torrid time and it was horrible to watch so the conversation about can I go part-time initially is like yep uh, was quite an easy conversation to have and then when it was I'm just not enjoying this I want to start doing something um for us on my own it's like can can I do that yep and again I was earning a good salary so it was easy to just carry on um being the yeah, you know, responsible adult if you want to call it that but it was the opportunity to get us both out of teaching that was the that's where it all started basically and here we are
1: yeah
3: you made it
2: <laughs> <laughs> you survived <laughs> I, I, genuinely I do think it is a case of surviving though it was I don't know I mean 16 years is not particularly long in a career I mean, people may be listening to this thinking I did 30 or 40 years, but um, it just felt like it was, it, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. It's as simple as that. When I first started, I loved it as a profession, probably as as little as, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, if the boys who are now 18, if they'd have asked me, uh, you know, I, I want to be a teacher, do you think that's a good idea? I'd have said, yeah, crack on. It's, it's a fabulous profession, you know, really enjoying it. But now, um, if they had that same conversation, it'd be like, no. Just no. Run
1: run screaming. Yeah.
2: Run screaming and don't yeah. go back.
1: His his blood pressure now and then tells the entire story. Yeah. My mum, when I said that I was
3: thinking about becoming a teacher, she was just like, Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it.
0: <laughs> your mum's a My Mum's
3: a Senko. So oh, yeah. she was just like Senko is the head of the learning support department for people that don't know what that is. But um <laughs> yeah, so immediately she was just like, Don't do it. And I'm an RQT. So it's my third year of teaching. And like, for me, sometimes it's a daily struggle. Like I have really, really good days. I do have really good days and I do love teaching, but then there's all the other stuff mm. that goes alongside of it that
2: annoys me. So what I'm hearing here is that your mum said don't do it and you did it anyway.
3: <laughs> I did, yeah. Because <laughs> I wanted to be a responsible adult.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how it gets us. <laughs>
0: yeah. I want okay. to uh, ask... One of the things, sorry, that Paul said uh, about it's become harder, um, do you, is that because of I assume there's a multiple factors, but do you think uh, because you know social media, smartphones, and that is harder, but also the exam board changing and things and the grading system, is there? Do you guys think there's a pri- like a primary
2: factor, or do you think it's lots of different things? Lots and lots of things. I think there's probably three main factors. Mm-hmm. From certainly from my point of view, uh, the grading. Yeah, it kind of is an issue, but it's more the fact that the syllabus, the specifications changed every two or three years, maybe certainly in my subject, IT computing. um, As a head of department or as a teacher, I'll get used to something and then it'd be pulled either by the government or by the school because it didn't qualify for league points or whatever, whatever it is we're being measured by these days. And so every single time, you like you got to start from scratch, and literally you're reading the instructions at the front of this booklet about how to deliver something. You've got no resources, you've got no idea, you've got a team sitting there waiting for answers, and and you just put that on a literally on a I don't know every every
1: it's once every election. That's if, mm. if we're being completely honest. I mm. think it's once every election because the, whoever is coming in or has just come in is determined to be like I'm going to change everything I'm going to show you that I can fix education and so they they change everything and the teachers are busy going please stop just please let us get on with what we're doing we're getting used to it the kids are getting used to it we finally got um, you know past papers again because past papers are a huge part of getting ready for exams and every time they change the syllabus the past papers don't don't work anymore and you take away the children's ability to practice for the exams that are going to determine a large chunk of their future in, a, in the majority of cases and it's frustrating
2: mm. i mean there was that and i think yeah I, i've always been at the same school as as we've said but emily's been to probably four or five in the same same sort of locality so i'm sitting there thinking well behavior is getting worse at my school so when we'd have that discussion about behavior and you know it's a constant sort of Thing that teachers will often discuss, uh, whether in the same school or in different schools, and and Emily was like, "No, it's, it's not your school. It's just in general. Wherever she was going, she could see that same uh, deterioration. I guess um, it could be a particular thing, but I doubt it. I suspect it's more of a, uh, a national thing, just a bigger picture. The way that kids are getting more and more difficult, possibly, to I uh, agree to, with that."
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's, and that's got to be related to the fact that it's all getting trickier and there's only so often you can be put in a situation where you feel really stupid because you can't do stuff mm-hmm. before you start to kick off. And, uh, yeah. and it's the I think it's Einstein that had the whole, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it's always going to think it's stupid, mm-hmm. which I've probably mangled, but you know what I mean. I think that <laughs> is basically
0: <laughs> what it says, to be honest with you.
1: But it's that, that's what we're doing. All the, the kids who are really artsy, and they're uh, and going to be amazing dancers or singers or whatever are being put through this machine, which is like, you will be good at English and maths and science, English and maths and science, maybe a little bit of history, English, maths and science. And and that's it. And so they feel, they feel stupid and mm. we don't like to feel stupid. So, uh, yeah, we, we act out. Um, we don't like to be bored either. If you like, mm. you, you may have spotted this already, but, um, inset days so training days for teachers historically led by someone who creates a a long powerpoint and then reads it to you for a whole day and all the teachers are there going if we did this in our classrooms there'd be riots why are you doing it to us and teachers all misbehave on training days because we get bored and there's got to be a parallel there's got to be
0: well just from my experience of obviously the only person here who hasn't been a teacher um I was um, a fairly high achiever when I was in school and things. And uh, the problem is that I was told that a lot by my parents, so I got an ego about it and things. And I would get bored quite quickly, especially in maths and things. I was uh, top of the class in my school with a couple of others. And the problem is is that as soon as I'd be done, I'd be chatting away with someone else. And then the teacher would be like, so, you know, <clears throat> they'd be like, Mike, stop talking to blah, 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 you're distracting him. And I'd be like, well, I'm not, because it'd be my mate who's also doing quite well. But I'm distracting the rest of the class. But I'm so bored because... Obviously, I'm I'm thinking. Oh, everyone's got this clearly in, in some way, or it's easy, or something like that. When it's not, and also I've got a friend of mine called uh, Alex, and he he's a very smart guy, and I love him, but he's not. Academically, I think he has quite bad dyslexia and things, so he finds it hard in an academic setting to get things out. But when he's outdoors in nature and stuff, he he, you walk through a forest and he can point out every tree, every bird, every. He's mental. We were
3: on Zoom the other day, and his sisters bought a new plant, and she was like, "Look at my new plant," and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's that." (laughs)
0: <laughs> and he was right. like I don't be careful because it grows this <laughs> high and stuff and we're like what but if you look to him only through that English math science thing but he knows more about science than I do by so far it, it's ridiculous and it is it is that thing of simultaneously the, the boredom of the in air quotes, higher achievers and things I would get bored and talk a lot and things like that and even you said Megan you've got some students who it's quite frustrating for you because you, wanna not, not, you want to not we want to punish I've them got, but...
3: I've got one particular year 8 student <clears throat> that um... oh you're 8 Yeah, yeah. So I've got one particular year eight student that uh, has recently become, well I say recently, obviously we've not been at school, but like um, prior to COVID was getting a lot better in my classes because I started doing postcards home and stuff like that. But he is really annoying because he's really good at Spanish. However...
0: You're a Spanish teacher. I'm a Spanish
3: teacher, yeah. So he's really good at Spanish, but he will... um, He'll deliberately mess around and it's frustrating because he'll mess around. He'll come into the class. He'll be like, oh, no me gusta el español porque es muy aburrido, blah, 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 blah. And he's saying perfect Spanish, but literally he's just insulting it. He's like, oh, Spanish is really boring and I hate it. And I'm just like, why are you saying it in perfect? You're so annoying. Like you're literally saying everything perfectly. Like grammatically, everything is correct. You're not making any mistakes, but you're just being a turd. Like,
2: (laughs) I love that word. (laughs) that comes back to one of the reasons why I left is that um as a head of department I was responsible for results and I'd have a class full of uh you know I call it 30 kids and 10 of them would be fabulous and they you know whatever you taught them however you taught them they would do brilliantly they were just fantastic but the other 20 generally just don't give them monkeys. And on day one, they're coming in year ten, having selected it, using the term selected quite loosely as an option. And uh and make it really clear I didn't want to do this. It was my third choice. Um I'm not going to put any effort in and I don't care if I if I pass or not. And at that point you realise that no matter how I you know try hard you know to put them get them on side and get them doing some some kind of work, it just wasn't ever going to be a good news story. At the same time I got sort of principals saying you've got to get the results, they've got to get better, they've got to be so there's no hope. And then in other classes, in other parts of the department, there weren't teachers. They were you know there were P teachers doing computing or IT. Yeah, I had
3: to I had to teach I C T this year. And I teacher.
1: (laughs) Yeah, made me teach I C T for a while. Thankfully that was I think I had to do PSHE as well. So oh, oh yeah, I yeah.
3: did. I did PSHE last year. <laughs> you tell me about
0: that. How the embarrassing things you were like. I wasn't. I didn't. Yeah,
3: t- 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 I, job to talk to. I actually really enjoyed teaching PSHE. Mm. Um, I didn't like ICT as much because I'm don't really know much about. I have. I I did a qualification. I did cider when I was at school. So like. I haven't done like anything to do with ICT in like years, and what I did insider is not anything to do with what I was having to teach in ICT. Like ten like, years ago now, isn't it? So yeah, I like, mean, well, I did my GCSE is- ten years ago, but like, I was having to like talk to Year Tens about like being safe online and what you shouldn't shouldn't do. But PG- um, PGC, PSHE P S H E I actually really enjoyed, hmm. but <laughs> I wasn't fully prepared for like having those discussions with Year Seven, mm-hmm. so I had to like teach them about periods. And stuff like that. And then I had, like, a box in my classroom with, like, questions. And then I'd have to answer them. I'm like, I don't know how to answer this question. Like, put me on the spot. Why are you asking these some questions? Of them all, some of
0: them were, think, you know, it was like women. Well, there's a girl asking. There was, yeah. You know, asking about boy masturbation and Then asking about girl masturbation. Oh, it's it's like, like,
3: oh, no, no, no. How do, you,
0: how do you, if at all, approach that subject? And it's, I'm glad I didn't have to do it. I heard it coming home and being like, you know, oh, I had this thing. Or you just, when you first start teaching them and you just say the word penis, they all kids laugh yeah, That's a word.
3: I mean, to be fair, when they do that, I'm just like, all right, everyone yell out penis. Everyone yell out out the word penis. Just, it's not funny. Yell out the word penis. Let's get it done. Come on.
2: (laughs) And whilst you're there, you might as well get the other 15 or 20 words we can also think of that basically are better words than penis. That's,
3: yeah, yeah, that's actually what they did when I was training. We had a session on PSHE and she was like, this is what I do with the older year groups. Boys... I'm going to get you to come up and write as many words that you know for a vagina. And girls, I'm going to get you to come up and write as many words for a penis. So there was like a bunch of like 30 trainees in a classroom for training to be teachers all yelling out like, penis! <laughs> like yelling all of these words out. And We were just like, this is ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I, I made the mistake once of walking into a sixth form class uh, where a colleague of mine was teaching and it's a philosophy class, and um, she was the head of sixth form, and I needed to ask a very simple question as a sixth form tutor. So I popped in, and she was busy doing stuff, so I kind of left her to it, stood outside, and then eventually I was beckoned in. And um, they were halfway through talking about every single word they could think of for a vagina. And and rather than sort of uh, answering my question and letting me go, no, no, I had to sort of start contributing. And, of course, I just... just, (laughs) Bright Red, I love her, yeah, She's awesome. Emily knows exactly what I'm talking about, so I go bright red and and it's a class full of girls, and I'm just yeah you know, I, I was I was nowhere, I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I had loads of things I could say, but none I was prepared to say because. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: A wise, wise decision there. Thank you very much. <laughs> One thing we uh, sort of touched on there was actually something that I didn't fully realize until we spoke about, it. I think it was yesterday, which was the, not specifically PSHE, it was slightly before that, was the exam boards. Weird, oh. weird connection, but I still remember what we were previously talking about, about getting distracted by penises. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easy to do, especially in podcasting. Um, but yeah, with, with the exam boards and things, one thing that threw me off is that you and I were talking about, um, I think it was English literature, and we were talking about our respective qualifications and how you didn't have to do anything on poetry but Yeah, one I mean, to be,
3: to be fair, and I, I, tonight, say, I was, was just, yeah, I was talking about the differences between the exam boards and how some exam boards are easier in some subjects and for the same subject on a different exam board, it's way harder. And I just used the comparison with when we did GCSEs. Um I didn't have to do a poetry anthology book that wasn't part of my book and I was on the Welsh exam board Ooh. whereas Mike although it was the same year group and the same like GCSE period he obviously was on a different exam board and had to do the anthology paper which is obviously hard and apparently oh, the yeah.
0: difference the main difference between our two things was we both had to do shakespeare we both had to do a creative writing story but you only had to learn two poems and i had to learn the whole book and i think that was, it was yeah i had like to do that. it
3: for something to do with coursework but i definitely didn't yeah. have to do poetry in my exam
0: and it's like i i as i'm not a huge fan of poetry myself but when i was younger when i was a teenager who was all you know angsty and like screw everything you know i really hated poetry so even though I was quite good in English, I was grinding against this thing I didn't want to do. And I'm not saying, oh, they should have changed the whole exam board for me, but it, it threw me, like, t- speaking with you about it. It's just it, the-
3: baffling how exam boards change so well. much. <laughs> like, yeah. realistically, like, I've said this before, I feel like they should just abolish all of them and just have one communal, like, just one, <laughs> which it would, would mean be easier.
1: To their resources and make life easier. Yeah. Of course, they won't do that because we don't want <laughs> hard enough, apparently.
3: No, it's true. We're on just a massive holiday right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm just having just having a holiday, I am.
1: I'm just here chilling. <laughs> oh, honestly, it's it's scary the number of people who don't think teachers are doing anything right now. Like, seriously, have you tried teaching via Zoom? It's not fun. Have you tried finding resources for kids that covers kind of everyone and they can do without you and they can do at home mm-hmm. because some of them don't have access to a printer and, yeah. and 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 like mm-hmm. the list goes on everyone mm. i know that's still teaching, working harder now
2: mm. i saw a comment on facebook a facebook friend of of mine uh, the other day saying or probably yesterday saying oh it's so great that my daughter's back at school to see all her friends again and teachers uh, i think teachers i, I think the uh, school holiday should be cancelled this year get kids into school and yeah, the, it was
1: like the rage is, oh, is rising yeah. here when
2: well, yeah. no, the blocking situation yeah. on on facebook was It's like I can't believe that people genuinely think that that is uh, even a solution. That teachers are genuinely sitting there doing absolutely nothing.
1: Well, and for the kids as well, Mm. because it's not like it's not like they've had an extra Mm. six-week holiday. It's like they've been grounded for six weeks. In in the vast majority (laughs) of cases, hopefully, that means they need the holidays more than they would have before. It's
0: and you were saying like sometimes with parents as well is that you've had you had one instance where a parent you were saying oh it was something like you had to email them home and say they weren't the kid wasn't doing the work and then the parent called you and then was like was saying that like they don't actively don't want the kids oh. to do any work oh. at all no you're like, well, how, how do no, you no,
3: no, no. are you talking about are you talking about the coronavirus are you talking about the year 11s we either or
0: so there was
3: all. yeah it's it's pushy parents isn't it like I've seen by... I've got one... Oh, actually, no, there is one kid in my tutor group. So there's one one student in my tutor group that um his mum has just explicitly said that he's not going to do work. (laughs) Like, she's just said, oh, he's not going to do work. And I'm like, oh, God, he's going to be in such... He's going to be such a disadvantage when he goes back to school. Yeah. Like, I just... I can't fathom it. Like, tomorrow... Tomorrow, I have to go to work to make phone calls to all of my tutor group (laughs) parents. So um yeah i have to drive to work and phone all of the parents of the kids so that i can make sure that they're all doing well and so it's going to be interesting tomorrow to have conversations with people because i've got a list of all of the students that aren't doing work and that are doing work so it's going to be it's going to be fun conversations tomorrow
0: yeah yeah Pushy yeah. yeah. parents huh yeah I try to get them to do work from home like i've obviously before from home and Megan doesn't actually have to do your school doesn't do the Zoom meetings.
3: Yeah, so we, we don't do Zoom meetings but you at my suggested school. It, You suggested it. I haven't your... suggested it. So we, we don't do Zoom meetings at um at school because that's what SLT decided. Um so I I mean I personally think we should be doing Zoom meetings because I think it would be more beneficial for the students. But I can understand why at the same time they don't want it, but it just it's just difficult. Everything's difficult. I like you're
0: discussing it with your head of department. That's what I'm getting confused with. Yeah,
3: maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Everything's blurred into one since lockdown happened, right? Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah, It's a very peculiar situation and things, definitely. But yeah, trying to get trying to get kids to do anything like that. I mean, I remember when I was in school. Like I've got as a good friend of mine, Reese, and he's been on the podcast and stuff, and he's spoken about it where he has he never wanted to do homework. He just never—he never did it. He was—he was, a, he was a high achiever. He was basically the same as me academically. I just did my homework, and he didn't, and we got similar grades. So, that's fun. But basically, he would never do homework, and so the teachers would call home and tell his mum, and his mum would go so, and he—they'd be like, "Well, you need to get him to do homework." She's like, "I hate homework. I, why would I get him to do that? I'm not going to get him to do any homework ever. And if you try and get him to stay home with detention, I'm going to tell him not to." And like, like I really like Reese. And I don't—I've got no problem with Reese's mum, but. I mean, fortunately, in that regard, Reese was a high achiever, so it, it didn't necess- potentially do any damage. But it is just like, how do you deal with parents who are too overbearing? How do you deal with parents who are too, you know, there's all these things and factors that I didn't fully recognize until me and Megan started seeing each other. And it was like, I this-
3: suppose, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I suppose that's the nice thing about you having the parents guide to GCSE is because they all want to help their children they want them to do the work and they want them to achieve not that i'm not saying that parents don't want their kids to achieve but they actually they want to go the extra mile so they can figure out what they what needs to be done so that their kids can actually achieve exactly what they need in life
1: yeah it's it's just it's always tricky isn't it because with some parents um, it's if you don't know what's going on at home then that can be part of the issue with some yeah. of our kids um I know from talking to other teachers, in some cases, they know there are kids who just don't have access to devices on the internet. There's maybe one device between the whole family and one of the parents is trying to work from home. So there's no way they can get on the right stuff. For some parents, they've tried. Um, we did a, a poll on our Facebook group quite early on, a couple of weeks maybe into homeschooling, and uh, and said that who's, who's still engaging with schoolwork? Um, you know, are you getting a full day on zoom from school are you getting tons and tons of worksheets are you are you and the last option was we've given up for our sanity and theirs and that was about three quarters of parents because it was proving so stressful Mm. to try and support Mm. their kids because they don't know how to help they're not teachers if if I was asked to help with German homework I'd be totally lost French and Spanish I I could cope with science (laughs) nothing Nothing. (laughs) and and so I wouldn't know where to start I'd just say look you're gonna have to google it because I can't help you love and so that's caused a lot of frustrations from what we've heard from parents and it's although from from most of what we've heard it's not that they don't want to help it's that they don't know how to help and so when they've given up it's been out of frustration rather than I don't know an opposition to schoolwork in general and things
3: yeah, Isn't I can imagine it's quite overwhelming for a lot of people. Like I spoke to one of the parents of one of the kids in my tutor group on Monday, um, and she was like, oh, I don't understand. There's so many different platforms that teachers are putting homework on. We've got to show my homework. We've got Google Classroom. We've got all of these things, and it's kind of difficult to keep up with it all. And so uh, the the student didn't realize that a lot of his English work had been set on Google Classroom because he had been looking at Show My Homework. So he didn't realize. And then they started panicking because they had to play catch up. And I was like, honestly, don't worry about it. Just start from now because there's no point going through the stress and that kind of pressure just to catch up on a load of work that you didn't realise wasn't there. If, if you have the time to then play catch up, that's fine, but I wouldn't put all of that pressure on you. And then also the student was really worried that he was going to get into trouble when he got back to school. I was like, no, you'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> it's fine. No one's going to tell you off.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you say that we've had parents who have been posting on the Facebook group saying, you know, my, my child's fallen behind with his, his homework and he's getting phone calls from school, like serious phone calls from school mm. uh, at as if he's going to get in a, a lots and lots of trouble because he's not keeping up with the deluge of work that they're sending yeah. and so it's not it's there's not a universal approach and I think that's the biggest issue yeah like, um, and also no students I the think, same Wales, they they have a hub so an online hub of sort of centralized resources and things they're a bit more yeah organized systematic maybe whereas in england because we are totally we're in little academy trust groups we're not even a kind of central local authority thing anymore Mm. there's no central point there's nobody who's stood up and gone right this is what we're all going to do everybody's going to follow this approach and that way parents aren't going to be stressed out teachers aren't going to be stressed out heads aren't going to be getting 42 Mm. different updates every night on the guidance and things here's what we're going to do. But nobody's Mm. done that. Mm. So we're all just Mm. scrambling.
2: Even within the Academy's Trust, though, some Mm. of them are huge with, you know, probably, well, hundreds of schools possibly. And um, they don't get their minds together and have one approach for all schools. You know, there's no collusion whatsoever to share resources, share ideas and and get a common approach. So um, quite how Mm. the kids understand it. I I can can understand where the confusion comes.
0: And so I can link into, obviously, what you're, but basically project, business, podcast, any hat you want to wear is. Um, with your, um, you know, parent's guide to GCSE, what sort of things do you uh, offer that really helps these sort of things? You know, I, I saw online there's like something about revision guides and you've got a little, I think a free um, thing you can download. So I'm just interested in sort of in that in some ways.
1: Um, yeah, we've, uh, the thing we started with when we first launched this, we went, what's the big thing that stresses everyone out at the beginning of this? And it's it's a revision plan because sometimes they'll make one at school, but it's normally something that requires three days, 27 mm-hmm. sheets of paper, a ruler, seven highlighters and some glitter glue. And, you know, it's just it's a, it's another method of procrastination. And so we we launched with a, a webinar on how to do a really great um, revision plan. And we found a couple of online tools and we tried them. Um, Paul pull at his computer quite a lot because one of them kept glitching and every time you changed something it would chuck everything out and you'd have to kind of start again and and so we did this whole convoluted hour long here's how you do it and then we said to ourselves afterwards look this is ridiculous you know let's get our web guy onto this and he's built us a gizmo that basically you can just put in here are my subjects here are my term dates generate and it will build you a plan up until the end of the year that spaces out all your subjects oh, wow. in." Like we do, I think, term one, you get one block every day uh, during the week. Term two is then two blocks a day and term three is three blocks a day. Because certainly in year 11, the further you go through, the less homework you get and the more revision you get. But just that simple like five minute click, generate me a plan thing is, uh, is a game changer point. for a lot yeah. of kids because there's no excuse anymore. <laughs> and it, it takes away the stress of when it's it, it's less kind of coronavirus and school closures it's more general revision but when they um when you've got a kid who who is reluctant to revise shall we say uh, knowing <laughs> like today I've got to do biology and I've written down that that particular thing is going to be cell division that's the thing I'm going to do today it takes away the whole oh I don't really know what shall I do today mm. and then spending 10 minutes eeny meeny miny mowing. And, uh, and then figuring out where to find stuff and, and all sorts. So it's it's just taking away the the decision-making process and taking away all the ifs and buts and maybes and just like, no, do this, tick it off, and then it's done.
2: Another yeah. one of the reasons we started doing this was, uh, we mentioned earlier on, parents' evenings are a huge problem. Um, most teachers probably don't enjoy them particularly and <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm trying to be measured in my language here yeah, and, and I mean they're a bit crap let's be honest because you've got five minutes as a teacher to try and impart where they're up to where they need to get to what they, they need to be there. doing how they get there etc etc um whilst over your shoulder you've got the next parent looking a bit stroppy because they're behind time and uh, and they need to sort of you know slot in and you're, you know you're 30 seconds over your limit and and. limit you get that, you get that five minutes once a year from years seven through 11 at most schools. And that's just not enough information, considering that half of students' time, um, learning time is spent at home. Yeah. So that was another thing that we needed to sort of hopefully well, clarify with parents exactly what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it should be done, how it should be done, should be done better. Yeah. And that was the basis, I suppose, of a lot of the content that we created.
1: Yeah, it's all very well as schools teaching kids how to how to study, how to revise, what they should be doing, all of the here's all the stuff we cover and everything. But getting that information then home to parents, I mean, teenagers are not generally the most communicative of souls. And Who when knew? you No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what what did you learn about today? Oh that's that's about all you get. Yeah. Like we speak from experience here. And it's um it's frustrating because you you want to get involved. You want to help. Mm. You want to be supportive. But they, they reach that point where they get kind of, I don't know, maybe halfway through primary school and you stop getting the, yes, I played with so-and-so and we did this and we coloured this in and it was amazing. And you start to get the grunts. And it's, um, it's frustrating because, mm. you know, it's been a while since parents of teenagers certainly have been to school and done it themselves. And so much changes. And h- how else are you supposed to know? So we wanted to... Give them a place to vent and find out stuff.
2: (laughs) As part of the programme, we've done lots of one-to-ones with both parents and sometimes Mm. with the teenagers sitting there as well. And when you ask about how they're revising, um, the answer usually is I'm sitting there reading notes. And it's just not, it it doesn't go in. Um, So a parent may well sit there thinking, well, uh, my child is doing an hour and a half revision a night because they're at their desk for that hour and a half. But realistically, probably they're doing 15 or 20 minutes of useful work. The rest of that time is completely wasted. So part of our mission has been to empower parents to know probably what they should be doing or what, what the children should be doing to revise effectively.
1: Yeah, I tend to yeah. give the analogy of our daughter and her room tidying. She's notorious. <laughs> her room is a tip a lot of the time and it drives Paul nuts. And so you'll say to her, go and go and tidy your room. And like four hours later, she'll still be up there and you'll go up and she'll have maybe two things because she gets distracted and she plays with stuff. And then she and finds something that she really wants to read or look at or whatever. And she's been up there for hours. Feels like she's doing something useful, but she's not. I could have done that in 15 <laughs> minutes and had the whole room tidy. And that's the difference between effective revision and the kind of meh revision that a lot of them do. And they're wasting so much of their time. And it's the time where you could be, you know, Actually spending time with them as a family, or mm-hmm. or they could be getting quality Xbox time without any nagging. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> yeah.
3: it's like when it when is. kids ask me so they hand in work and it's obviously noticeable that they haven't really done it. Like, I'm just like, okay, I can see that you've just used Google Translate on this text. Like, I haven't taught you that tense. So I don't know how you have know that tense suddenly, (laughs) but okay. But I'm just like, well, what kind of revision are you doing? And they're like, oh, I did two hours on Saturday. I'm like, nah, wrong. (laughs) Like, what are you (laughs) doing? Little and often, little and often, like the amount of times I've had to say it. It's like, I would rather you do 20 minutes three times a week than sit at your desk for two hours on a Saturday because the majority of that information is just going to go in one ear and out the other. Yeah, mm, it's so annoying. <laughs>
2: well, we yes. we do talk about half hour blocks maximum. Um, yeah. If you, you know if you want to do a whole hour, that's fine. But by all means, yeah. take a break and and yeah. a ten minute break in the middle. Do two chunks of half an hour as long as it's a really effective quality revision, then you're halfway there.
0: Yeah. Mm. And one of the things that I found with um, listening to Megan discuss, uh, obviously talked to me about her day and how she teaches and things like that. And Megan's had uh, a lot of students at her school have been, Megan's getting really embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. But um, she she's a lot of students at her school who say that she's a favourite teacher and they really want to take Spanish and things. They had really high numbers for people taking Spanish GCSE GCC and stuff. And from what I hear about Megan's lessons is that obviously where... Because Megan obviously is young as a, t- in regards to teaching sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I did my GCSEs ten years ago, yeah, so, so
0: it's quite. It's not. <laughs> it's almost as soon as you can get really from like finishing. You know, you you went to uni. Da da da. Um, one of the things I've noticed is the way you describe your lessons sound like fun, and obviously I'm not. I didn't like school very much because I was. I was one of the, the, kids the word. That
3: bored. The, the thing is, is, the word isn't fun because it's. It's not the point of it being a fun lesson. It's engaging. engaging. There we go engaging lessons
0: <laughs> and you have to have the revision to match that as well and the resources to to be able to use that because you know so it's what I, I like to use the analogy with myself which is uh, science in school i had no interest in science whatsoever because the, a lot of my teachers were quite boring to be blunt and they were just you know sitting at the top of the, uh, the whiteboard and just yammering on and it was just you kind going of to sat there for like an hour staring and it's like if you daydream for five minutes you've lost the whole thing whereas when I get out of school and when well, college and things and I've got my own free time and I live load of things, you know, I, I Google and look up and read articles and watch videos and documentaries about science. Because when you watch a documentary about science, a lot of the time they're trying to they keep things interesting. You know, they have some expert talk for five minutes and then something happens and it kind of keeps you going. And I found that obviously it's not only of teaching, but of revision and obviously linking it with how parents help their kids revise. It has to be exactly what you guys have been saying. It has to be engaging. You have to be doing it in the right way.
3: Well, yeah, obviously, if a if a teacher just tells you to go through a book and highlight the key words, it's just going to make you fall asleep and you're not going to pay attention. You're just going to read the same paragraph over and over and over again until you're sick of it. And then you're just going to be like, well, I'm never going to read that again. <laughs> like so.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, I, I remember thoroughly enjoying teaching uh, a few lessons and it was stuff like when I got out the masking tape and taped different shapes on the desks and then we went through and did uh, and parallel lines and stuff we did all the matching angles we literally drew on the desks with whiteboard markers because you oh, can that's the best you can wipe that straight off and they're like oh we get to draw on the desks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> desk so much that lesson and we did um we did probability like experimental probability by chucking scrunched up post-its at the basket at Mm -hmm. the front of the room and things and which went in which didn't and then we we tallied it all up and stuff but if you compare that to some of the lessons that i've seen and i've probably done where it's literally flip a coin a hundred times and (laughs) write down your results (laughs) by which point everyone i I did i did 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 that
3: that. i did that at school
1: (laughs) so (laughs) there's lots you can do it's it's just it's exhausting And it requires a lot of resources to do things in an engaging way. And whilst there's lots of great resources online, um, it's whether you have access to those at school. And then for a lot of stuff, (laughs) you need photocopied sheets to then do stuff on. And that means you've got to go and wrestle with the photocopier or the people in (laughs) charge of the photocopier. I'm not sure which is trickier. I hate the photocopier. (laughs) Yeah, I think everyone does. It's... (laughs) (laughs) I, there it, aren't any schools yeah. where I've, I've not had battles with photocopiers.
2: <laughs> it's knowing where the best photocopier is in the school. Yes. And not telling anyone them. about it, nope. just keeping yeah. your own secret.
1: <laughs> and keeping a pack of paper in your room to take with you because you've always run out when you need it, especially when you're like lastminute.com oh my gosh, I forgot to photocopy this for a lesson. That's when all of them have run out of paper. Every single yep. photocopier in the whole building. <laughs> it's, it's little things like that where you just you don't get the time to um, to prepare all the really awesome lessons that you want to. It's easier when you're starting out because you're still young and you have energy. And then you have, you know, you're coming home (laughs) to small children and they're driving you nuts and you're not getting enough sleep. And and it all just gets a little bit more and more kind of jaded and stressful. You're like, just open the textbook.
3: It made me laugh because I remember in my training year that obviously in your training year, you're expected to essentially do everything from scratch because you have to provide the portfolio to say, this is what I'm doing. (laughs) Like, So I was doing everything from scratch and like loads of the teachers at my training school were just like, oh, Megan, you're you're doing too much. This is so much. You're doing too many exciting things. And I'm like, but this is what's like expected of me because I'm a new teacher and I still do it. And then people in my department, in my school now are still like, Oh, Megan, you're doing really exciting lessons. I'm like, I'm still fresh faced guys. I'm still fresh faced. (laughs) (laughs) Like just wait a couple of years.
0: (laughs) I mean, we were saying one of the things with this whole lockdown is, um, I mean, we've been, I've been quite lucky because I can work from home and you can and, you know, we just sit on the sofa and do work, essentially. Yeah. But it's we're one of those things where we're so fortunate in the regard that we don't have kids at, like, at the moment because we've been kind of talking about it. We've got friends who've got kids and obviously some of your colleagues at work have got kids as well and trying to juggle not only the yeah. normal, trying to keep sane in a lockdown and being in the same room for 20 plus hours a day you know trying not to go mental and kill each other and also trying to have fun at the right times while getting work done and doing chores and everything else about being a person plus having to deal with a small human and we're just like i don't even know how (laughs) like we feel like we don't have any time even though we're in lockdown at times you're like i've got all so much time i can do everything and then you start doing stuff and you're like do i though because i don't have the juice and we're just like some of our friends who've got kids, we're just like, like how? How do you guys do it? I can't
2: <laughs> imagine a it with, as well. with young kids particularly. It must wow. be nine impossible.
3: Yeah. yeah. My, uh, well, I had a Zoom meeting with my head of the <laughs> the other day. And he was like five or six or so minutes late. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm late. My daughter just dropped my laptop on the floor. <laughs> we were just like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I are a cross because whenever we do podcasts or we do Zoom meetings with people... Um, they're not allowed on the Wi-Fi in case it then interferes with the, the quality and stuff. And uh, and so, you know, an hour without Wi-Fi? we <gasps> So you know, This is what you should do,
3: have a really, really long podcast to teach well, them a lesson. You know.
2: <laughs> the bizarre thing is when we do tell them we've finished and they've not had Wi-Fi for a whole hour, hour and a half, they still survive. They're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's been harmed.
1: They've not had a snack for about an hour, I yeah, don't think, because yeah. we're next to the kitchen and I've not heard it. Yeah. So, you know, we can't be doing too badly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's There's way too much to juggle. Uh, my office is in the lounge, which is one of the rooms where there's a TV. And uh, his office is in the, the playroom, which used to be a double garage, and then we converted it because there were, frankly, five of us in the house and two of them were like giant teenage lads. And it was getting a bit squishy. And, uh, yeah.
2: And why don't we have an office in the same room?
1: Because we started off trying to work in the same room. And I thought it was going really well. And then Paul, one day, a couple of weeks in, sat down and he said, we need to talk. And my heart (laughs) stopped. (laughs) And he followed it up with, because, you know, he's obviously thinking really hard about this. This isn't working. what What? (laughs) What? and then he explained that I perhaps maybe a little bit talk to myself while I'm working
2: seriously all the time literally (laughs) constant narration in the corner and
1: he needed to move into a different room to work because he's that well trained as a husband that he knows if I'm talking he should be listening and it was stopping him (laughs) from doing his work
0: <laughs> That's amazing. We get something similar, not quite with working, but occasionally you'll just you'll be talking to me and you'll be cooking or something, and then for half a second you'll f- stop talking to me and then start talking to yourself in the same tone, and then it's just like, and then you say a half question to yourself that you don't finish, and I'm there like, what? And you're like, and you look at me like I'm like, oh, what, what do you want? And I'm like, you just asked me a question, didn't you? And you're like, uh, I don't think I did. And then we're just but like, am I going crazy? And it's like, oh no, you're talking to yourself. <laughs> not just me.
3: <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's a woman
2: thing.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going
2: thing. Be the fifth on that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of interest, like... with with the sort of lockdown things, um, do you guys obviously wait? You have both had the experience as teachers as well as obviously parents. Is there any sort of suggestions you'd give to people for, or even any predictions or anything of when when people go back to school? Probably, maybe. I well, just where the kids go back to school really. Well, I just... mean, they're
3: saying from year seven to nine, the kids are going to go back to school from September.
0: Yeah, that's more what in, I was going yeah, to do. Yeah,
3: in my school, year 10 are going to be allowed to go back to school from a certain point, but it's only going to be a quarter of the year group in at
0: a time. So, really, a lot of it's been written off. Like the last, you were saying that the year 10s who were year 10s are they going to be year 11s. Oh, mate, those September. GCSE
3: results are going to be tragic.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they're going to adjust the grade boundaries. Yeah, they'll, they'll have that's to. What yeah. is because it. Everyone will get such low grades that they'll have to move the grade boundaries down because, <laughs> I mean, I say they can't change the exams they might because the government seem to be playing it fairly fast and loose with everything to do with education but um in theory the year 10 kids have had a year of the course and so they've all learned different bits of the course in different schools which means they can't just go i know we'll just take out the whole poetry chunk of english because if one school started all of that and not done any other shakespeare yet and vice versa (laughs) in another school it's not fair so they're all going to have to cover the content, and what it means is that the the gap between the those that have advantages and those that don't is going to be way wider this year, or next year rather with with results, because those that have supportive parents who can afford tutors, who all have access to the internet and things, whose parents have been around to push them into doing work and stuff,
2: or signed those, up to the program,
1: yeah, or obviously signed up to our program, just. Kind of <laughs> but those, those kids are going to have covered so much more content than the kids who haven't been able to do that at home for whatever reason. Cause some of them are teenagers at home who are having to look after younger siblings full time because their parents are still having to go out to work maybe because they're key workers, yeah. there are some kids who will have got literally nothing done through no fault of their own throughout this entire lockdown. And they're going to have a great deal of catching up to do. And as teachers, that's what we do. We're you know, we get good at closing educational gaps, but there's only so much we can do. And, you know, even if they go back, if it's 25% of kids going in and that's 25% of kids in addition to key worker Mm -hmm. kids. So that means that realistically, they're probably only going to get one day in every five at school and the rest of it is still going to be working from home. And that's quite alien to a lot of them. This has been a big old Mm -hmm. culture shock for a lot of kids who aren't used to yeah. doing this level of like just self-motivation because teenagers aren't good at that a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's all kind of brain development and things. So their brains develop from the back through to the front, which means that all of the yay fun bits develop far, far, far longer. Far, far longer before? You know what I mean? A long time <laughs> before the uh, the prefrontal cortex, which is the bit that makes all the sensible decisions, like the mm-hmm. grown-up bit of your brain which means they're, they're being run by the yay fun parts, which means they don't want to revise. There's an yeah. Xbox. Why would
2: I be revising? <laughs> exactly. a year yeah. away. I mean, what's the rush?
3: Yeah, they're yeah. ages away. They're so yeah. far away.
1: <laughs> I've got full lives on Candy Crush. Why would I do something useful? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's one of those things with, because I was thinking, we've discussed it when I, if this had happened when we were at school, I, as I said, I, I was a fairly high achiever, but I didn't really revise much. I did my homework, but I, I didn't really revise. And I suffered a lot more in college due to that and a few other factors. And I was thinking, depending on how old I was, would depend on how much work at home I'd be doing. Because if I was a teenage me of probably 14 plus, even though I was in school, I was committed. I'd get all the work done with the teachers. I'd you know be a know-it-all, but I'd get the work done. I don't know how even how well I would have done at doing work at home. And I would have liked to and I had a stable home life and things and, you know, both parents are there and things, and they're both very encouraging. But there's only there is obviously parents have to be involved in any way they can and things, but obviously with my parents they were both working and stuff and had a lot of things on their plate whatever. I don't know how much I as myself would have done. Looking back, I'd be like, Well, it'd be lovely if I'd have been that kind of kid who'd have definitely done everything. But even me, I'd have been like
3: I mean I, I was admitted i was a good kid like (laughs) prefect i was i was deputy head girl of my school (laughs) like i did additional gcses and went back after school to do them because i was a super nerd so like but even even me i would have got bored like there's only so much of work that you can actually do like even even as an admittedly quite a good student there's,
0: there's no way that I would have done everything. We do like, it here with chores. We do it with chores yeah, here. Even here, even
3: yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we even with chores. Our kitchen's a mess at the moment.
0: <laughs> like, just the motivation to do it, and that's like obviously that's not necessarily it's not as important as education in some ways, but it's a more direct thing. But we're adults. We should be, in know, you know, on top of everything. But even then, it's just like it's such a weird time being in the same room or same rooms for so long. It, yeah. it it's, it's such a weird thing. So, do you guys? I don't know if you're going to incorporate this to your website or anything like that, but do you guys have almost a guide to returning back or some ideas or anything like that of getting back in September if things, say, go back to air quotes normal, if there's any sort of hints or tips or anything?
1: Well, it's not something we've really got as far as because we're not, you know, we're not, we're not there yet. Hmm. Um, it's, it's tricky because it depends on how we go back and what the situation is when we go back. Because it might be the kids go back in September, all of a sudden there's a, a new wave and they close schools again. That's what I've said. It might be that it doesn't happen until this time next year. And the same thing happens with GCSEs. So, I mean, our best advice is keep your kids at least vaguely on top of stuff. If they're in year 10, keep them...
2: Or 12.
1: Yeah, or 12. Keeping their kid, uh, their teachers sweet by doing the work, showing them what they can do, because they might find themselves in the same position as year 11 have been this year. And they might have to rely on teacher assessment. Mm -hmm. So they might. So
3: gutted for the year 11s this year.
2: I know. So uh, so uh,
1: devastating.
2: Yeah. Yeah, We're launching the parent guide to GCSE for our new cohort in in August. We're also going to be launching uh, the new parent guide to A level at the same time. Although Um, post
1: 16, technically. Post 16, yeah. We're still arguing about whether we need to change the name because A level rolls off the tongue, whereas post 16 education did not. But, you know, (laughs) we want to make sure we cover all the vocational stuff too.
2: So I mean, we're busy writing the content, but I, I think the back to uh, the return to school kind of aspect probably is very important. But we don't know quite how that's going to shape up mm. at the moment. So the answer is probably yes, we will do something along those lines. But um, we're kind of watching carefully to see what happens yeah. over the next five weeks, I guess.
1: We've been yeah. trying to encourage people to, uh, particularly if their kids aren't that motivated with schoolwork, to help them find something that they are interested in and learn that instead. Because their education isn't just about the numbers on the bit of paper at the end of their GCSEs. You know, If they take this time to learn to touch type or practice some video editing skills, something that they're interested in that they're actually going to want to do, it's, um, it's a great way to prepare for the future and to learn new skills without getting monumentally bored yeah. in the meantime.
3: What um is it? Is it year 10 and 11 that you're for the students that you guys uh, do work for? Or is it also year nine? Because I know that some schools starts GCSEs in year nine.
1: We've we've said if people have started GCSEs in year nine, they are very, very welcome because it's still all applicable. And yeah. we will gradually expand backwards and cover just the start of secondary school as well. But it's really GCSE years, whether that's year nine or year 10, because schools are moving away from year nine GCSEs now. Yeah. because Ofsted don't like it. So, you know. That's the big we- O. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Every teacher's oh. favourite.
1: I have fortunately
3: not experienced as of yet because oh. Ofsted happened in my very... Actually, it was the-, the last day that I was supposed to teach in my training school. Ofsted came and the head teacher was like, mm, we don't want you to teach. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Oh, wow. Even though I was a trainee and it wouldn't have had an effect on their results, but she didn't want me to teach. uh, Yeah, yeah, it's good for me. I mean, I don't I don't work at that school now. So, yeah, (laughs) but um,
1: yeah, I when I got my head of department job, my first head of department job, I'd been there a couple of weeks, maybe a month when Ofsted announced they were coming and and it was requires improvement when I got there and Ofsted arrived and put them in special measures. So I was suddenly in charge of the maths department as a brand new head of department in a school in special Mm -hmm. measures. It was, it was insane. So when you're in special measures, it's like every few weeks it feels like they come in and check on you and, oh, so I'm just like, yeah, Ofsted. (laughs) Been there, done that
3: 7,000 times. I've experienced it all.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, so year nine in some cases, but not in all cases. And then we're uh, expanding to year 12 ready for September because uh, it was something we we were looking at doing and we we hadn't decided whether we were going to do it this year. And then with all this happening, never has there been a more important time to support parents as their kids begin A-levels when these kids haven't even done one lot of high stakes exams yet because they didn't do. Yeah, of course
2: it's and and the feedback we've had from our year 11 parents has been so brilliant that Mm. uh, it would have been shame to sort of not support them through to the next stage so um it was an obvious uh, i think we'd always planned to do it it's just we started doing it a bit sooner than i think we intended so
0: oh well that's cool and do you guys think uh just this is obviously purely opinion-based do you think that education is going to from this event let's say Let's, argument's sake, there's not going to be a second wave. I think there probably will be, but let's hope there's not. Do you think that education will uh, change permanently in this country from this, or do you think it's just going to kind of be this little bump in the road and everything's going to probably go back to normal?
1: I hope it changes. I really hope it changes. Uh, I, I am afraid it won't.
2: I don't think it will, no, because it's, it's controlled by governments and uh, obviously you don't want to go down the rabbit hole of um, talking about politics and, and and government policy but it's it's just it's been going badly i think in terms of from a political point of view for five six seven years now and it's everything that we do is at the behest of 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 government basically so if another government comes in they'll have different ideas they'll change things move back to square one Mm -hmm. i think it's a brilliant opportunity to start doing things differently um it'd be interesting to see how how students are when they go back to, the, you know, to normal, whenever that is, whether it's September or a bit later. Will they take things quite so for granted? I, I hope not, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if it just literally slotted back in where it was beforehand.
1: Yeah, if you look at the, uh, the commentary on teaching at the moment, and you look at how politicians have approached this, and therefore how parents are seeing this as well, and how the press have reported this stuff, it's all about the lazy teachers and how we're not doing enough and we're not working hard enough. And we're, you know, we're, we're actively trying to stop kids from going back to school because we'd rather be on holiday. We're like, no, actually we're just trying to stop everybody from getting coronavirus. That's, that's really it. That's all we care about. We're still working. We're probably working harder this way around, but yeah. but um, If you look at all of, all of that and the fact that, all of the decisions have just been made and just, just announced to the public before, mm-hmm. in almost every case, before being discussed with schools. At most, schools get a day's notice. They were sending things out on last... So as we record this, uh, we've just had a half-term, in theory at least, and they were sending out stuff on the Friday evening of half-term about the reopening on, on Monday, the Monday to Jesus schools. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> So if that's the level of mm. respect that teachers and heads are getting as professionals, there's not mm. much hope.
2: I mean, our daughter's school, we got a letter from the head mm. basically saying we did get this information late on Thursday, Friday. So we can't open this week because we, we just don't know what we're dealing with. So we're going to try and plan mm. for a week on Monday. and And was then defending himself saying some parents are having a pop that they're not opening on time, but you can't open without a plan that works that's, clearly thought out that is safe for teachers, safe for students, safe, safe, safe for all of the staff at the school, which is what they, they have to do. And that's the point that his letter made saying until it's safe, we're not doing anything, no matter what mm. the government say.
0: That's what my head teachers like as well. You were saying with uh, regarding say social distancing and things, it was you were talking about in your classroom <laughs> you've like thirty kids in some classes and you were like you, you worked it out with like if you had two meters between them and you had two metres between So
3: yeah, my classroom at work is is a fairly decent size. Like I'm very fortunate to have the size classroom that I have. However, yeah, the, the max capacity of my classroom is thirty students. So I do have classes with thirty students and I also have classes with like fifteen. So like, you know, there's a big <laughs> range. But realistically, if we're going to abide to social distancing rules, you need to have two meters between you and your students and also your students between your students. And if there's space for me to walk down the middle of the classroom and also have social distancing rules applying, realistically, I'm going to fit eight kids in my class.
1: No, oh, no, no. So you're missing a trick here. You should get some gaffer tape and stick them to the ceiling in the same way. <laughs> and you can fit twice as many in, you see? Problem solved. There's the trick. <laughs> Yes, it's crazy.
2: Heard it, it here first.
1: Yeah, it basically <laughs> believe we've gone with foundation in year one first because of all the kids that are going to be able to maintain social distance, they are not them.
2: But no, also, see, there's no point in year six going back after half, half term. There is a transition element to go through, yes, but that yeah. can, can be done in a day or two. They don't learn anything. Sats are finished or would have been finished in a yeah. normal um, normal school year. So why not Year 5, who who are capable of social distancing? They kind of understand the rules, and they have something to, to aim at in theory. Yeah. But Year 6, it's just, I don't get it. I don't understand.
1: It's worth noting that SATs are so vitally important <laughs> well, yeah. to the government that they've decided not even to make teachers give assessments <laughs> on SATs this year because nobody actually cares, <laughs> newsflash. Wow. Well, well, that's, yeah, going
3: he, to be, that's going to be really helpful for the new cohort of year sevens for me next year.
1: <laughs> you're not fine, though, that half the time you end up having to reset them after a couple of weeks because it's all wrong anyway. Yeah, I don't know whether <laughs> they'll set them for uh, for you, for languages. We normally, most schools I've worked in, have waited half a term before they set them in maths. Mm-hmm. Just we don't to set get them all languages.
2: Just kind of... There's bound to be a mm. bank of GLA testing or something for year sevens next year just to... Otherwise, they don't have those targets that the government are so keen on for year eleven. So there's almost yeah, certainly targets. going to be something around the corner to to make sure schools can be measured and held accountable and blah that's blah good, blah.
1: Schools don't have enough to do at the moment, no, no, so no. that's no. It's useful. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Yay, my career! <laughs> don't,
2: I don't want anyone listening to this thinking that we're glad to be out of. T- oh no, hold on, we are glad to be out of. T- <laughs>
1: It's nice to be able to feel like we're making a difference again, because we've missed that Yeah, like early yeah. doors of teaching. We both felt like we were totally in the right place, yeah. like making a difference. You can, and you can see it with some of the kids. There are still, t- I can still tell you names of kids where it's been a decade since I taught them, but I can, I can picture their face on results day when they got their C that they didn't think they were going to get that stuff absolutely worth every second yeah the the bureaucracy the red tape the the politics and things involved i'm okay without that thanks
3: (laughs) yeah it's really nice what you guys are doing as soon as mike said about this podcast and about the whole like parents guide to gcse i was just like that is such a good idea (laughs) like it's such a good idea so it's yeah it's definitely worth it and like beneficial to the the people that you're helping so i thoroughly
0: thank you <laughs> it's, it's a weird one because i i was saying like i've said before in the past you know anyone anyone with unless specific uh things apply almost anyone can have kids you know but there's no there's no book you have to read there's no class you have to take people recommend baby classes you know don't jump on a trampoline when you're pregnant or eat you know seafood so, silly things you know what i mean but other than that you don't you're not taught how to be a parent and there's not one way of doing it but then that's just the base layer. You go further than that. And it's how to be a working parent, how to have your kid go through school, how to have your kid go through primary school. go through, And it's all these things. It's like there's so much to know and there's almost no information on how to do it unless you just go on random forums on the internet. And it's just like, well, if you go on Reddit or something and you see one person ask a question, you don't know what they're saying. You don't, And there's not anything to compare it to. So you guys having a guide, I think, is a really good... To echo what Megan said, it's a really good thing to have. It's a resource, which it's almost like you guys, I'm so happy that you've done it, but it's like I've not even heard of anyone else doing anything like this. It's like this, I would have thought by the world we're in and everything, there would be people tripping over each other to create all these amazing yeah, it guides. It is and surprising stuff, but...
3: that it's not already a platform. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: It's such a good idea. Yeah.
0: That's,
1: that's what we thought. We did all the research and we found. Maybe one other person who's doing something vaguely similar, but I mean, she's mostly tutoring based and she works more with the kids and the parents. And Mm -hmm. all we do is we, we kind of explain it like a subscription box. So we package that little bit of information. The thing you need to know right now at this stage of your child's education, like right now, this week, know this. And here's the one thing that if you do this, this week, it'll make a difference. And we just send it out via email each week so it's bite-sized chunks it's not like because what parent has got time to go through and do all the research (coughs) filter out all the good information versus the bad information on the websites and 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 figure it all out for themselves nobody like realistically even right now when people as you said are feeling like they've got all the time in the world nobody's getting anything done (laughs) it's just not happening we're realizing that actually the reason we didn't get things done is not that we didn't have time it's that we couldn't really be bothered. And, <laughs> um, there's always more important stuff that comes up. There's always things that get in the way, which is why we figured just that kind of little drip feed approach is the way forward. I am just in the final stages of putting together the book. Dun dun dun! Ooh. Wrote a book. Quite chuffed about. It. See, I have done something during lockdown, but it is a miracle. <laughs> um, and I'm not entirely sure how I managed it with all the kids in the house, but hey. Uh, and and so we we're trying to give the kind of the alternative as well so for the people who'd rather just go right i just want to read all about it and get my head around it and make sure i'm doing it right from the beginning there's going to be that that option as well but it's yeah coming out we were surprised too yes it wasn't it it wasn't a thing there's so much out there for kids it's like a million dollar industry and revision guides and tutors and stuff but as a parent who has a massive impact on their kids' lives. There was just very little out there at all.
0: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. amazing. And uh, we're getting towards the end of the podcast now, and I really appreciate you guys' time. But if we kind of uh, finish up with... Um, do you want to talk to us? Obviously, you guys have got a podcast as well. Huzzah! <laughs> um, I think it's um, a bit young. A bit young. That makes it sound so derogatory. I mean, like that. It's quite new. It's quite a new podcast. Um, what of interest made you sort of start the podcast, and do you guys want to just give a bit of information about it, really?
1: Yeah, so we... Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a good way of getting information across. So we started off with um, a guy who's a friend of ours, actually, who wrote Routine Machine, John Lamerton, and it was kind of more aimed at business owners. But it was so there were so many parallels with great ways that kids can set up routines to help them get through their revision, like great habits to build and stuff. So we thought, Do you know what? Let's give it a try. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's a podcast; it can't be that tricky. We're vaguely technical. We're good at talking. And it turns out I can cope with that because I've done a bit of video editing and podcast editing is easier because there aren't any pictures to match up.
0: That's what I found. Yeah. The same with me. I used to do video editing when I was in college, do music videos for bands. I did a YouTube thing for a while and then you go, oh, I don't have to sync up the audio with people's lips moving and stuff. This is so much easier.
1: Right. So, so yeah, we, uh, we've kind of gradually done various different subjects and we've, uh, we're up to episode 12 at the moment i think yeah Yeah, because we've not done the next one so we've we got to interview joseph valente who won the apprentice in 2015 that was really good fun he was
2: he was awesome really really engaging really high energy really you know just so many ideas just pop 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 (laughs) pop. we didn't get a word in it was just brilliant it was fabulous
0: oh they're the best podcasts yeah yeah
1: (laughs) so we we're, we're now seeing it as an opportunity to get to speak to lots of really awesome people get some uh, some great stuff out there we're busy trying to put together at the moment um a series possibly within the same podcast of uh, difficult but important conversations to have with your kids so mm-hmm. there's okay, cool. um there's a lot of issues going on at the moment particularly in terms of racism and it's a difficult conversation to start with your kids cuz like where do you even begin as a as a pair of white parents with white kids having a conversation about racism what do we know so it's an important thing to talk about but it's a really challenging thing and we don't want anyone to feel that they're not supported in doing it so i'm trying to pull together some guests to talk about stuff like you know, racism how do you talk to your kids about pornography how do you talk to your kids about drugs and alcohol all of the stuff that like with pshe fills you with fear when you see it on on, (laughs) like coming up how do I even start this and uh, so we're we're trying to expand into some some different horizons as well with the podcast because it's just so much scope Mm. and that way Mm. you get to interview even more awesome people that's
0: amazing. I mean, yeah, that's um, really cool. If you ever need assistance with guests, I've, I'm on episode nearly. Not me. I'm not me. I don't. <laughs> I'm not volunteering myself. I want to clarify? That's I do not. Want, I'm Mike, and I volunteer. <laughs> I, as I do not want to be a person to be like, hey, I know all about t- kids. I'm a childless twenty-six-year-old. Yeah, I know everything. No, no, I'm not saying that. I just some of my previous guests, uh, some of them are fairly knowledgeable. Um, so, if at any point, we can discuss off-air um, and in email or something like that. Um, if you ever want to pull any guests from any of my show or anything like that, or you're like, I want someone who's an expert in blank. I could see who I've spoken to and maybe put some connections or something. And I'll talk to you afterwards about loads oh. of other podcasty stuff as well. Um, but I was going to say with, um, I, I think it was episode, I think it was episode 11 or 10 where you had the author of the, the daughter slamming door.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, Deborah and Davis.
0: Yes. Yeah. That made me think of, because um, I listened to that episode and it was great. And that made me think of what you've just spoken about, which is the whole kind of almost parents guide to GCC, parents guide to life almost, or something, you know what I mean? That, almost f- sort of slotted into that quite well um so i can really see that working very well mm-hmm. with you guys and i mean as a personal thing i'd say keep it in the same feed just a little that's what i would suggest but no no pressure you don't have to listen to me i'm not a podcast expert i've been doing it for two years i'm still not is it two years or is it two and a half years i don't know i don't did it know. for a while but um yeah, you guys have a really good podcast, and it started really, really strong as well. I think you guys—it sounds like you both know exactly what you're doing, which is great because you listen to my early episodes, and that's <laughs> not the case. <laughs> well,
2: Some it's, prat it's fumbling around. Yeah. I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> <Good morning. laughs> as you get older,
1: more and more of life is just pretending you know what you're talking about and hoping that nobody realises you don't.
3: Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, that was
1: a moment of Clarity. clarity.
0: exactly that was a moment of clarity when i I think i was about 20 21 after sort of moved out and um, i started paying my own bills and all that sort of jazz like as in you know utility bills and stuff and i think i was talking to it was either my mum or my brother who is substantially older than me or something like that and i was like there's all this stuff you have to know how do you guys know this and they're like we don't really you just kind of trip and fall through everything and you kind of just learn as you kind of fall through everything and you learn to make it look like you're not tripping over constantly and that's kind of what it's like and i was like yeah and now when i speak to like, my nieces nephews and things like that they think i've got my life together and i have you know it's, we've yeah got, it's like my students think that i've got my life together So think like like, like, oh got, how
3: little do you
0: know <laughs> it's like we've got most things together but it's like
2: <laughs> it's quite a funny thing um teachers above all else are good actors
0: Oh, yeah. That's, that's
3: I've, you said you said. I've said that before. I've said it on a different podcast.
0: On, on my podcast, yeah. when it was just the two of us. I named the episode that.
3: Yeah. I said <laughs> teaching is just acting, really, isn't yeah. it? You oh, go yeah, into work, you, you put on a brave face and you're fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you've got, to, you've got to be able to keep a straight face as well, because oh, there's 100%. stuff like, you know, when you accidentally come up with an answer on the board that's 69 and they all giggle and you realize that actually that's quite funny and you want to giggle with them, but you can't. Or somebody comes up with a really great "That's what she said" moment, and yeah. you want to laugh, but you're like, no. Yeah.
2: And I'm massively, massively immature. It really, is. and every bone in my body is just giggling, in, and I can't. I just got to try and pretend to be like.
3: Oh. Sometimes it makes me laugh when you let them see that that crack in your armor, because like, I had a year seven class, and I accident, so I was handing out sheets, sheets. Ah. And I accidentally yeah. said a different word. So the uh. year sevens were like, what did you say? And I was like, I said, sheets, guys. <laughs> they were like, no, you didn't. I was like, 100% said sheets. I don't know what you're talking about. And they were just like, ma'am. And I was like, guys, come on. Yeah, It's, why it's why I fine. Could- you uh, heard it. Let's get over it.
1: Because <laughs> I'd be teaching organisms and it would go horribly wrong. I
3: was I, yeah. I was a teaching assistant and I had to read for a science paper. And in front of like five year tens, I said... <laughs> The, uh, I said, yeah, orgasm instead of organism. And I literally just wanted to die. <laughs> I was like, this yes. is horrible. <laughs> well,
0: that's absolutely amazing. I mean, guys, it's been an absolute delight speaking with you and things. And, um, when the, the book comes out and things like that, we'll keep you in touch over email and stuff. And I'll be sure on social media to talk all about it and stuff. I'll include links in the, um, the podcast if it comes out before the book date. We'll figure that out, uh, via email. But is there any sort of last things you want to say, uh, before we sort of sign off?
1: No, just. If there are any parents listening who are currently dealing with, you know, homeschooling and am I doing the right thing and are they getting the right amount of work and all of that stuff, then you are doing, so long as you are doing your best, you're doing an awesome job. Whatever your best is, is good enough. This is a global pandemic. It is not an experiment in homeschooling. Just you're doing okay. Breathe, breathe it's all going to be fine. So if, if anybody wants to ring me up and tell me that regularly, then that would be useful too.
0: <laughs> just record yourself saying it and send yourself yeah. a voice Just message. listen
3: to this podcast every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But download it each time. Download it and then remove it and Don't then download it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it's oh, It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, genuinely, it's been really cool chatting with you guys. And you guys are always welcome on the show. So maybe next year or whenever, if you end up launching another podcast or you've got another thing that you want to sort of put out there, Uh, When we check over the world, we'll be back. Yep. Yes, exactly. That's 100% what it is. Thanks, guys. Sign off here then. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Have a bad evening. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. And that was the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As I said in the intro, be sure to check out the links to all the social media and the website and the book and everything else to do with Parent Guide to GCSE, which are in the show notes. If it interests you or if it'd be helpful to you, you know, please let Paul and Emily know. I'm sure they would much appreciate it. Coming up. The next week should be an episode I've got recorded with a woman called Tonya Todd, a very interesting individual. And we speak about nerd culture, writing, uh, diversity within or lack of diversity in literature and a lot of sort of media and things. That's generally what we talk about. It's just a shorter chat. It's just about an hour or so long. Uh, It's not too similar, not too... Different in length to this chat, actually, with um, Paul and Emily. But we basically, you could hear towards the end of the chat with Tonya, we started to get off topic, but. I'm normally fine with tangents and stuff, but I know that the topic we were going to get onto, which is much more deeper into movies and things, was going to be uh, a chat within itself. So next week I've got the chat of Tonya Todd, but we've already got something in the books, in the calendar, uh, planned for slightly later in the year. I think it's going to be a month or two yet. But what's good about that is just to clarify, if you like next week's chat, even more reason to subscribe, because then you'll get another chat of Tonya Todd soon as well. And just for clarity on that, um, Tonya Todd's is going to be next week and also the way I got into contact with Tonya Todd is through a gentleman called Bruce Wozniak and he actually runs a company called Now Hear This and runs a podcast called Now Hear This Entertainment and He's a really, really interesting guy. He got me into contact with a couple of other interesting guests as well, one of which I will not yet name, but I've got due for them to come on the show in late August. And I was going to release the one with Bruce Wozniak first, but due to Tonya having something coming out in late August, it would it makes more sense to release her one slightly earlier so that you know if people were interested in the event thing she's got going on in August, it kind of helps in that regard and Bruce is completely fine with it. So I will also name drop Bruce when we do when I released the uh, episode with Tonya as well, just to make sure, because he is a cracking guy. The week after that so next week with Tonya the week after that I'm actually going to be away with Megan uh, traveling around England a little bit and we're going to be going to Liverpool for a couple of days Blackpool for two days and then the Lake District uh, to go kayaking and hiking and um, a few other things There's a place that does really nice gingerbread which I'm quite excited about Uh, and then we're going to go back down past Warwick Castle so I'm probably going to do is if you keep track of me on Instagram and Facebook I'll be uploading to the stories mainly on Instagram and then just, you know, tick the box and it goes on Facebook as well because I'm lazy. Um, But if you follow on Instagram, I'll try and make sure I take some nice photos and things like that. But what I'm also planning on doing is actually recording... Most likely with my phone, so sorry for any of your audio files out there, but I was planning on taking my phone and recording while me and Megan are in the car, going to certain places or coming from certain places, to kind of almost be like a little travel blog thing about what we've been doing. Um, just because it'll it will save me a lot of time and effort than having to lug all of my equipment or even just my laptop with me to then do all of the usual editing and all the usual releasing and all that sort of stuff when It would be easier if I don't have to edit it as much and I can just literally record some phone notes, make sure they're all sort of leveled and normalized so none of them are too loud and that there's not too many annoying background noises and then just have it so it's a nice little fun thing. So if any of you regular listeners want to hear that, that would be really cool. Um, But just to clarify, it's not going to be sort of the standard uh, quality that I normally uh, try and adhere to in this show. The week after that, I've got a two-parter recorder with Janine Mercer, I've got the two-parter with Bruce Wozniak recorded, which I may end up releasing, and I've also got a recording due next week with a gentleman, Scott Weatherly, who I have collaborated with on my Star Wars collaboration with Comics and Motion, which is before Christmas, uh, and yeah, me and Scott have been chatting for a while, so it was just getting something in the books, so we're going to talk about a lot of fun things there as well, I think HP Lovecraft is going to be one of the topics we discuss so I've got that I've also got in the pipeline I've got Goff coming on again which I think will be September I've got as I said Tonya Todd's gonna be on again even though none of you have actually heard the chat of Tonya Todd I did initially uh there's gonna be the gentleman who Bruce swatted for me as well uh who should be in September I've also got another person who I was planning on having on before lockdown but then lockdown happened uh but I'm planning on actually going over his and doing a recording with him and then also the 100th episode is coming up soon and I'm think i'm gonna do it with my buddy reese but i am running out of weeks really i mean this is the 96th episode so if Tonya will be 97 the one with megan will be 98 so the brute one with bruce will be 99 so it's probably gonna be like late august start of september which kind of makes sense considering that's around the time i actually started podcasting three years ago so I'm thinking about having Reese on just because he was the person I had the first ever podcast with, where we discussed whether or not it was morally right to punch a Nazi. Uh, which is a very interesting conversation, actually. That I've heard a few people listen to it say it still stands up today. I mean, it's not from like you know the, the '50s or something; it's only a few years old. But sometimes when you go back in someone's uh, podcast catalog, it can be a bit. Uh... Inconsistent, shall we say? Um, but anyway, that's kind of my general plan for a little while. Um, Star Wars comics and canon is still a thing. Where I talk about comics to do a Star Wars uh, on the feed of comics and motion. I focus on one mini series or one volume of comics in a run each week, and I talk about the narrative. I basically go through the comic explaining what happens as paraphrasing while also listing all the connections to other star wars canon content so if you're someone who wants to get into the wider star wars canon who likes the movies who may not have even watched any of the series who kind of wants to get into certain things but if you're only interested in the original trilogy you can find the episodes i've done about lando and about princess leia and about the main run of star wars comics that's set between a new hope and empire strikes back if you're just a sequel fiend and you want to only listen to sequel stuff i've got the rise of kylo ren which is how he got his red lightsaber crystal and how he got more involved with the knights of ren and uh, as well as star wars allegiance which is set between uh, last jedi and rise of skywalker I've also got prequel cool stuff. I've done one with Mace Windu. I've done the one of Obi-Wan and Anakin, which is set between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. I've got, there's lots of them. I'm not going to sit here and list them all. But in the description of this show, I've written a little description of, I've done 19 episodes of Star Wars Comics in Canon now. I think 20 if you include episode zero, uh, about Darth Maul, about you know, Kylo Ren, about l- lots of the people I've just mentioned. So if you're interested in Star Wars to some degree, even if you're not that into it, They're only about half an hour long each episode. I try to keep them fairly reasonable. Some only 20 minutes, some are half an hour, which most are. And a few are like 40 minutes. But they're not as long as this is, but it is just me talking. Uh, I do go into quite a degree of depth of nerdiness, but I don't go to ridiculous degrees of talking of like really, really specific readouts of all the ships in Star Wars and things like that. It's more just narrative oh this character pops up in this comic well you can actually see them in empire strikes back or did you know that blah, blah blah you know like lando for example lando everyone knows lando calrissian his full name is landonis balthazar calrissian which you can tell why he shortens it to lando but that's the sort of thing you can expect from styles comics and canon if you so fancy it anyway guys that's really it from me i think unless i'm forgetting something important but yeah so it's going to be i've got many things to release over the coming weeks it's gonna be a little special one probably recorded with megan uh, about yeah traveling and what we've been doing and getting up to while i'm away uh, and then maybe the 100th episode is going to be with reese as episode one was so yeah i really appreciate anyone listening especially right up to the end with all this rambly nonsense from me make sure you give paul and emily of uh, parent guide to GC- gcse lots of love and also i just appreciate you I hope you have a really good day, anyone who's listening to this. I hope you have a good day, a good week, uh, and a good life. <laughs> That's a weird thing, to tell to have a good life. It makes it sound like they're going to go off into the afterworld or something. I'm rambling far too much for a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Follow on the usual social media, uh, review on iTunes, share to people, check out the back catalogue, tell people about the show, because it's the greatest way for me to get other people to listen to it. And I appreciate each and every one of you. I'll talk to all of you next week.